0: We really love you. Like we sing, we do love you, we love you, we love you. You have our heart, you have our affection, our attention, God, it's absolutely true. We pray that today you continue to speak to our hearts, continue to teach us what we need to learn to step into the fullness of who you say that we are in Christ. We want to know you better, God, in Jesus' name, amen. You guys good? All right, here we go. Um, If you want to open your Bible to um, Proverbs 29, we'll go back there to tie into last week. And then we'll also be in Romans 12, and we'll be in Genesis. So we'll be in a couple different places. Proverbs 29, Romans 12, and Genesis. Genesis 1. Proverbs 29, Romans 12. And Genesis 1, and that's where we'll be. But what I want to do, if, if you weren't here last week, you can catch up on the website, the podcast, um, but I want to I hit a couple of points to tie into where we're going today from last week. And, and basically, a, a quick overview of last week was, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraints. And we are, we are in a society, in a culture, that you hear the word restraints, or self-control, and we don't like it. I'm telling the truth. Like I hate the seatbelt. I absolutely hate it. I do, I just don't like it on my stomach. I don't like it. Anyone else? I'll wear it now. When I was younger and a little more rebellious, I would do the shoulder thing or whatever I had to do to try to not get a ticket. But I've learned that they're really wise to our ways. And they can tell, right? You've seen the commercials. And we just don't like restraints. It's it's a safety restraint. Right. That's what they kind of call it, because the seatbelt doesn't sound fun. So they said safety restraints. And we just don't like restraints. I don't like the speed limit. I don't like red lights late at night. Why is this light red? There is no one on the road besides me. So I like the old uh, there's an old Latin term that says when the when the reason for the law ceases, then the law itself ceases. And that's kind of a, I I buy that for a core value. When the reason for the law ceases, there's no need for the red light, so the law of the red light ceases too. It's got a biblical, you know, application as well. When the purpose of the law ceases, then the law itself ceases, which is very biblical. Um, But I use it for red lights late at night because I don't like to be restrained, I don't like to be held in. When I come into a restaurant or to a room, I find a seat where I have um, exit ability. Right, kind of like back, about where Grant sits is where I'd like to sit, or back over where Sarah is. I want to get. I do not want to be restrained. Um, I hate when my arms are are inside and I can't let them go. Guys, long arms. I felt them I'm ringing. Got to let them things breathe. We just don't like restraint, and it's not just a physical thing. We don't like to be be told what to do. Um, and so um, the the thing that that we have to do is in, in the, the church world, in, as believers, not as Christians, as believers in Christ and followers of Christ, a disciple is no better than his master. And that just alone has the connotation that we need to learn how to obey orders and that he still can give us orders. Jesus finished the work at the cross, but God is still God. And the requirements that he has are still real. They haven't gone away. But He gave us a way to meet those requirements. Jesus did it, and only in Christ can we fulfill the law. Only in Christ can we fulfill the, the orders that He gives us. But there are still requirements that come with this. We, we didn't just say yes to Him and it all ends. There's a, there's a marriage. It wasn't just a wedding. It's a marriage. There's more to it than just the I do's. It's a lifestyle. And, and, and so the scripture in, in, in Proverbs 29, man, it's ringing a lot. I, don't, I hear it. I don't know if it's just me, but <clears throat> pull it down. There we go. In Proverbs 29, it's worse. <laughs> it says, correct a son, Proverbs 29, verse 17. It says, correct a son and he will give you comfort." He will also delight your soul. Where there is no vision, the people perish, or the people are unrestrained, or the people cast off restraints. But happy are those that, are you there? Yes. Happy are those who keep the law. A servant will not be corrected by words alone, for though he understands, there will be no response. And so what we talked about last week is, God speaks to who we're becoming. He prophesies to us. He looks into our heart and He sees where we were and where He sees us going and He speaks to that, that person in us that is in the future, the emerging righteous person. He speaks to that person until it becomes reality. Do you guys understand that? And so God, is, God has a vision for our life. The way we know His vision for our life is we hear what He says to us he guides us with his words his words to us give us vision and perspective but if we don't have vision and we don't have his perspective then we have no reason to have lanes and boundaries for our lives because there's no goal and no purpose so where there is no vision there are no lanes there are no restraints we just do whatever we want restraints again are not in place To hold you down and to keep you um, and to control you. Restraints are actually there to promote you and grow you. Restraints are not in place to control you and hold you down, they are actually in place to promote you and cause you to grow. It's called order, there's a divine order to things. An, an easy example is you, you can take a, a, a hose, you know, a garden hose, turn it on, and you know it comes out typically. But you can put a restraint on it, a nozzle, some kind of jet-powered restraint, and if you set it the way you want to, it restrains all the power that's coming in to a specific setting, And now you have power where before you were trying to clean stuff off the the lucky charms off the ground from the wedding yesterday. And it's just, you know, just a hose, right? And you put that restraint on it and it makes it more powerful. And now you have a jet stream. It's the same source. It was just restrained for a purpose. That's what we want from God. We want God to speak His vision over our lives. And we want Him to set uh, the boundaries on us so that His purposes in us can be uh, revealed. Does that make sense? And so I want to just hit those things real quick as we jump into today. The proper biblical response to God's vision for our lives is we establish boundaries for ourselves. Y'all are really quiet today. Good. when, When we see God and we hear His vision for our lives the natural response to a, to a person whose heart is turned towards God is, man, because of who God is and because who He says that I am, I will put these lanes around my life because I want to protect who He says that I am. I, boundaries aren't just put up to keep things out. Like, the fences around our yards are not just to keep the bad people out or the bad dogs out. Right? <laughs> They also serve a purpose of keeping the things that we really love inside. We love our kids. We don't want them to go outside the boundaries of our fence. So we have a fence in our yard. And I honestly believe the fence, the fence's purpose is more to keep what we love inside than to keep what's negative from the outside coming in. It's the same with us. The boundaries that we, in response to God, put up for our lives, it's not because, oh, I don't want to touch that thing. I don't want to drink this. I don't want to go there. I don't want to say that because it's evil and I've got to keep the evil out. That's not the purpose of setting boundaries. Because he says, if, if you have faith that you can drink this and eat that, then do it. It's by faith. Then fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So the purpose wasn't the no. The boundaries was, oh, I see who God is and who he says that I am. And I want to keep that here. I don't want to let that out. In a healthy way. I want to protect it. I want to guard it. So we set up restraints. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, brothers, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to do what? To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is... Your reasonable, and another translation says your spiritual act of worship. Then it says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns or to the order of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So here's the point God's love for us compels us to place boundaries and restraints in our lives, and those boundaries and restraints are sacrifices to God as worship unto Him. It's our act of worship. God, because of who You are and because of who You say that I am, these, this is how I'm doing life. We're studying the Bible as a family, God. Not as a religious thing, not as a a rule that we're keeping in our family, but as a boundary to promote what you say is inside of us. God, because of who you are and because of who you say that we are, we will not forsake the assembling together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Not because it's a rule, because it's a boundary that we'll put up that will protect what's awesome inside the body. It's our act of worship. God, because you're so good and because we see you as our provider, we give our tithes or our offerings unto you as a sacrifice. Not because it's a rule and because we're told to do it or because we're under compulsion, but because we're saying, God, because you're our provider, we see that it all comes from you. Here's a boundary we put up in our finances to show you as an act of worship, we trust you. We had a really good lesson we got to teach one of uh, Josiah yesterday. Um, a friend of ours very generous person gary <clears throat> he'll see our kids or he hasn't seen them in a while and he just hands them you know give them 20 dollars here or 20 dollars there and my kids love it they're like ooh gary gave us money now they're thinking how can we take it to the bank so we can we can deposit the 25 and they'll match the 25 they're already thinking about it monica so sorry she, we, she goes to the where we go to her bank where she works <laughs> you see that they start checking, check if you you know texas trust you put 25 in to your kids, they'll match the 25. So my kids are like, ooh, we, got 20, we, we can double our money here. I'm like, I'm glad you're thinking about that. And so Josiah starts thinking about what he wants to spend his money on. Because he has a vision for a toy. <laughs> so his boundaries are, I'm just going to spend it now. That's, that's it. That's the only boundary I have. I've got to get rid of this. I've got to get this toy. He's not thinking long term, right? And we're like, well, what's the first thing you do with your money when you get it? um, spend it? <laughs> what, what did he say? Yeah. Count it, count it, spend it, save it. I'm like, okay, I like save it. I like count it, save it. And I said, what are you forgetting? What's the most important thing? And Mandy's like, God's the most important thing, right? Oh yeah, our tithe. And then he was like, oh. <laughs> His $20 just turned into $18 immediately. He's like, now I don't have the 25 or whatever it was to get to. I'm like, Josiah, you're missing the whole point here. I said, where did that $20 come from? He said, Gary. <laughs> I said, did you have $20? Mandy and I were having this conversation. We said, did you have the $20 when, before the day started? No. So how would you get the $20? Gary gave it to me. And why do you think Gary gave you the $20? He said, he loves me. I said, exactly. I said, and who causes Gary to love you? He said, God. He's really upset. He's <laughs> like, God. I said, so God causes Gary to love you. And Gary's response to his love for you is to be generous, to give you a gift of $20 that you didn't have before. And you're complaining that you have to give t- $2 back to the God who started this whole process today. It was a really cool lesson for our kids. God stirred his heart to give you the money, or you wouldn't have 20 at all. You're missing the point, Joe. God gave you that $20 through Gary. So we set a boundary in our finances that when God blesses us, we see that it came from God. So here's our boundary. We pay our tithe, whether we like it or not. That's what we do, all right? And it's just... That's, that's what we do when we have vision for our life. It's not because we want to get something from God, because He said He would give back to us. It is a principle of sowing and reaping. It's true. But that's not why we do it. We, we, it's a spiritual act of worship as a boundary for our lives because of who He is to us, not because of what He gives us. It's a response. And so when we hear... hear who God is and who he says we are we set up these things in our lives as worship to him amen see boundaries and restraints they signify God's governing territory for our lives inside of those boundaries that we establish God gives us grace in those boundaries if we step outside of those boundaries the grace is not there how many have ever tried something and it just didn't work you knew there was just no grace on it. Because grace is the empowering presence of God. It causes things to grow. And so if I'm trying something and it's failing, I may be outside of a, a boundary somewhere or a lane where there's no grace for this thing to grow. So what, what we have to do in those situations is move back within the boundaries, and now God, what do I need to do? And then watch His grace cause what we do to prosper. It's His will for us. Amen? Amen it's a spiritual. Boundaries are an act of worship to God. It's not something for us to hate and despise. See, God is a God of, of order. He absolutely loves order. And the reason He loves order is because all of life comes out of order. We, you cannot have life or growth or prosperity or any kind of benefits outside of an ordered step. Hallelujah. The universe is held together by His Word. And He has he set the boundaries for the seas with His Word. He, <laughs> he spoke it all into existence and, and told the oceans where to be and the mountains where to be and the animals where they're to live. Fish, you don't, you're not so good on land because you have these things called gills. You're in the ocean. And these kinds of animals, you work best in this environment. He set it all up You know, there's, the, the last few years, there's been a lot of uh, I, I like the hunting magazines and reading on the wildlife and, and they had started getting rid of the wolves because they were eating the cattle and, and, and all the stuff so that you know the wolf population went way down in, the, in Minnesota and up Minnesota and up in there, right? And so they found out that it destroyed the whole ecosystem without the wolves. And there were some wolves, but not a healthy enough um, n- number of wolves the deer population got out of control, the elk population, the other things that the wolves would eat, the coyotes. And out of that problem, the grass started being decimated because of the number of, of grass eaters that were no longer being killed by these wolves. I saw a video, I don't know who sent it to me, I think my brother-in-law Kyle. And the rivers actually shifted course through this season. Because the vegetation shifted and changed. So when they reintroduced the wolves, the order of things, they introduced the wolves back into this, into this ge- geographic location. The rivers changed back to a better course and certain kinds of grasses and things that weren't growing before became prosperous again. Flowers began to bloom because the deer population got back in control. The coyote population, you know, there were more rabbits that were getting killed by the coyotes. They came back, you know, and, it, and the whole ecosystem, the order of things healed itself because the right thing was put back into order. That's God. I want order in my life. The Bible says God is a God of order, not of disorder. We always like to say that to control the activity inside of a church. Let's look a little bit bigger. God is a God of order, and there's an established way that things are supposed to operate. When those things are in their established order, life happens. It seems counterintuitive that more wolves would make the ecosystem better and the wildlife better, because now, they had so many deer that would die from weird diseases because of the, the population was so big. And, and so when they reintroduced these wolves, the herds became healthy again. It doesn't seem to make sense. Predators, they're going to kill the deer. yes but it made them healthy because it's divine order. And so what we want is we don't want to conform to the order or the patterns of the world. We want to conform to the order and the patterns of God because it promotes life inside of us. Everyone, so good? So the, the Bible says that we're pressed on every side. We're hard pressed on every side. The pressures, you could feel it even to the start of service. Now it's gone. I don't feel it here now. But there was that pressure, that pressing that people have been going through. You could feel it. Now it's gone, right? You feel it gone? If you don't feel it gone, don't leave till it's gone. But corporately, I don't feel the heaviness. Because we're being pressed. And, and everything other than ordain, ordained things by God are trying to, to shape us into their Desire instead of God's desire. And so there's this pressing trying to maneuver us and shift us into different ways. The the waves are trying to toss us about. We have to be anchored in Christ and establish the boundaries and the order that he has for us so that we can become who that he says we are. You guys good? Yeah. Don't be tossed around by trials, by persecution, by winds of doctrine, by doubt, by emotions or by drama. Don't let these things toss you around or move you. Say, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. I'm firm right here. I am anchored in Christ. <clears throat> in Jeremiah, God says, I will cure you of your waywardness and of your backsliding. is anyone ever read that before? He said, I will cure you, cure you of your backsliding and of your waywardness. And what that literally means is your lack of control. Where you wander here and there and everywhere, I will cure you of that by bringing established order in your life so that now instead of waywardness and, and lack of growth and lack of health and lack of prosperity, you will be brought back into a place of order and you will, you will restrain yourselves with the spirit of self-control and you will begin to prosper again. <clears throat> Some may say, we are completely free in Christ. We have no restraints because of what Jesus did. And I agree that we're free in Christ and that He no longer puts restraints upon us. He motivates us and we restrain ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about self help. I'm not talking about we do this in ourselves. I'm saying, Everything that we set up and the restraints and the boundaries we establish are in response to Him. He does not come into our life and force those things upon us. He allows us to respond to Him. He initiates and we respond. So we may say, yeah, everything's done in Christ and it is true. But because everything was done in Christ, I need a fence around my life. Not to keep the bad out, but because I want to keep the good in. His love for us... And our reciprocated love for him causes us to do life differently. Did you know Jesus restrained himself constantly? He was completely God, completely free to do whatever he wanted to do, yet he restrained himself. Hey, Jesus, I know you're hungry. Why don't you just, you can do it? I've, I've seen you do stuff. You're amazing. Why don't you just take those stones and turn them into bread? Jesus restrained Himself. He could have done it. Oh, just throw yourself down. Bow down and worship Me. Why did He restrain Himself? Because He had vision and purpose for His life. And He knew who God was, and He knew who He was in His Father, and that caused Him to live in a way that had restraints and boundaries upon Him. He was hanging on a cross and could have called angels to come and rescue him and he restrained himself because of his father's love for us because of his father's love for us he restrained himself and he stayed there and he became obedient did you know the bible says that jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered jesus suffered not just on the cross and He learned obedience. He learned restraint through these things. Yeah, guys still with me? <clears throat> we won't go there and read it, but in Genesis 1, the Bible says the earth was without form, it was void, it was in chaos. And the Spirit of God hovered over the deep and then God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. Instant. And it goes on. And God spoke. And it happened. Holy Spirit is the spirit of creativity. He was there in the beginning. And, and sometimes we think that creativity means disorder and chaos. It doesn't. Someone was, uh, Kay was talking, I was talking to Kay Ewans uh, a while back. And she was saying she had the gift of administration. And sometimes people with the gift, who else has the gift of administration in the room? Yeah. Yeah, raise your hand. I want to see you. Do you know that you are probably the most creative people in the room? And it doesn't seem to make sense. I think of creativity. That's creativity. But it takes creativity to administer, to establish boundaries in order so that businesses flourish, so that your home works well, so that your finances are in order. It takes creativity to find solutions. And sometimes we think that creativity means the, the chaos or what looks like chaos to us sometimes in paintings. Like, how did they even do that? They're just amazing and they, they, they can do it. And we worship the painting and the creativity or the songwriters or the, the poets and the, all this stuff. And, and the administrative people that are really creative miss out and feel like we're not creative. Yes, you are. You are just like Holy Spirit. Who takes things that are completely in disorder and you know where it needs to go. This needs to go there and this needs to go there. And if we move money over here, then this can happen. If we, and it's a brilliant way to live and you're awesome and you're creative. That's who Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit is the spirit of creativity and He doesn't cause chaos. He causes order. He puts things where they need to go. It just makes sense like this to Him. So I just wanted to call out all the administrators in the room. You're so creative, and and God needs you to realize the creativity that's inside of you because you carry solutions to issues. You carry solutions to businesses. There may be problems. People have problems around you. You carry a creative solution to them. It may look like, oh, you're putting boundaries and restraints. No, I'm creating room for you to grow. Oh, I don't need a budget. I don't work well with a budget. How is that working out for all of us that don't live by a budget? The budget is good for us. The boundaries are good for us. And so you administrative people, it's the season of administrative, uh, the administration to come alive because it is so linked with who Holy Spirit is. It is so linked to who Holy Spirit is. God, we just... We, Administrators, stand up. We want to bless you right now. God, we bless all the administrative people in this room right now. They are more creative than they even realize. I ask that you would unlock solutions right now. Unlock ideas so that things function properly. Whatever it is, God, whether it's at their workplace, in their home, in their family, I ask that you would unlock inside of them solutions to problems. And now, God, I ask that people would begin to seek them out for their creative advice. (laughs) <laughs> that you would increase their influence with the people they're in relationship with where their gift can be manifested in more people than just the people they're connected with right now. Yes, Lord. Yes. Amen to that. If you're in a room and there's a problem being discussed, it doesn't matter who the boss is. Whoever comes up with the solution is now the leader in the room. No titles matter. Titles don't matter. You may be lowest on the pole, totem pole, right? And you may come up with the solution. Your bosses will remember you. Hey, I remember there was this guy in prison named Joseph, and he could tell dreams. They will remember you because you had the solution. Amen? See, this is, this is order. These are boundaries. We've been talking this whole year about foundational things. And the reason we have done this is because um, we had maybe gotten into excess in some things. And now we're saying, Lord, because of who you are and because of who you say we are, we're establishing boundaries for our church. We're establishing boundaries for our culture because we want to have life. We realize that these things are hurting life. So we're going to establish life. All of us in our personal lives, we're doing this. How many in the last few months you've made personal adjustments? That's what I'm talking about. Personal. Lord, this just isn't adding life. I've got to cut this out. This isn't good for me. This, th- there's no produce from this. There's no fruit from this. It's not necessary. And it's a hard decision to make. It's tough. But if we're not anchored, and if we don't have established order in the days to come, then when these doctrines, the Bible says that in the last days there will be doctrines and deceptive spirits released, and even the very elect would be deceived if it's possible. So we're going to say, no, it's not possible because we're anchored to who Jesus Christ is. We will not be shifted to the right or to the left, but we will hear His voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Amen? You know what it says before that? It says though he gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Yeah. <laughs> you will hear his voice saying this is the way walk in it. And so that's where we're at. We want a, we want to have an established order, not to control. Absolutely. We love freedom. I love freedom. I hate what we call religion. I do. I hate the religious spirit. I love I love the church, but I hate the religious spirit. I want freedom. I want I want us to be able to run as fast as we want to and jump as high as, that we, want, high as we want to. But that cannot happen without established responses to who God is. Hallelujah. It's the building an altar for the Lord. That's what our boundaries are. We're building an altar to the Lord. We're taking our son Isaac up to a mountain and we're offering him back to the Lord as a response to God. It's an offering to the Lord. It's a sacrifice. And, and Bill, Bill Johnson says it best, the fire of God always falls on sacrifice. Always. When we offer a sacrifice to God, God always answers us with His presence. With the fire of His presence. Always. And so I am more excited. I am more enthusiastic. I am more hopeful now than I've ever been in my entire life in ministry. Because I know that we're being anchored. We're being anchored. I don't know if that just comes with, with age, you begin to appreciate different things. When I was younger, I appreciated the craziness and the wildness and the lack of boundaries and but you know what? We're getting a little older, all of us. Yeah. We're getting a little wiser and we realize what really matters and what really causes fruitfulness. Amen? Close with this. Genesis 1, He tells them to be fruitful and multiply. And He told them to subdue the earth. What did the word subdue mean? It means bring to a place of order. To administrate. (laughs) To bring to order. So that life could prosper. Everyone in this room, you've been called to subdue. your family right now, maybe there there are people in your family that's in chaos, you have the authority of God to bring your family into order. Sarah, you have the uh, authority and the ordained authority of God to bring your family into order. It's the truth. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that, that starting today... That you would increase the amount of our vision we see. And I pray that we would respond appropriately, God. We infuse hope into everyone in this room, we infuse courage and boldness, God. We bless what they're doing, we bless the boundaries that they've established. God, those things that are in their family, that's unique to their family, that are their family core values and boundaries, we bless those things and we fortify them right now, God. No weapon formed against those boundaries will prosper. Nothing will chip away at them. They are being fortified right now in Jesus' name. You said that no one can steal anyone from your hand, God. And I declare that over everyone connected to the bridge church, that the enemy doesn't even have the authority or the power to steal or pluck anyone out of your hands. So we call an end to this right now, God. I pray that you would help us, God, to establish your order in our lives as a response to you, as worship to you, and that we would begin to see 30, 60, 90-fold on our investments, God. On the seed that we sow (laughs) where the river flows the trees produce fruit every season of the year and we declare that over this house God Ezekiel 47 over this house God would you stand and just pray for someone next to you Uh, um, whatever comes to your heart <clears throat> Just declare it over them, pray over them, prophesy over them. Give them a word of knowledge, word of encouragement. Yes, God, yes, God. Until Christ is formed in us, God, yeah? Until Christ is formed in us, God. <clears throat> Holy Spirit. God help us to hear what we needed to hear and help us to have fruit come from the seed today. Huh. Holy Spirit, you're a great teacher. I ask that you continue to teach us. Mm. Breakthrough, God. Hebrews 11 says that they administered justice. In the hall of faith, they administered justice. Whew. That word literally means organized solutions, God. We declare organized solutions to problems, to issues, to people we come in contact with that may have, a, have a, something that's out of order. I ask that you would help us to partner with them in love, God, and serve them and help them out, God. We declare this. Increase, God increase organization (laughs) for the purpose of life for the purpose of growth for the purpose of prosperity God we will be those that are happy and keep the law (laughs) thank you God thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. If you want someone to pray with you, come to the front. Someone will meet you. You're praying, keep praying. We just bless you right now. We just bless everyone here, God, with order, divine order, divine boundaries. In Jesus' name, we bless you guys. God bless you guys.